thank you for tuning into A Spirit-Led Life with HMI. We hope you enjoyed today's session with Pastor Dion Hockey. Hi everybody and welcome to Healing Ministries International. I'm really looking forward to today's session, teaching you about the importance of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We've just celebrated Pentecost and I want to continue on this marvelous subject of the Holy Spirit. You know that without the Holy Spirit we are nothing. And honestly, we cannot do anything. So I'm really excited to share you some good news today. And uh, if you'd open up your Bible with me in the book of Revelation chapter 1, and we're going to read from verse 4. It says, John, to the seven churches which are in Asia, grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come, and from the seven spirits who are before his throne. From Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler of the kings of the earth, to him who loved us, washed us, and cleansed us from our sins in his own blood, and has made us kings and priests to his God and Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Wow, what a wonderful scripture. Think about this, that the Bible says that if you have given your heart to Jesus, if you've become a child of the Most High God and you've been washed in the blood of Jesus and your sins are forgiven, you have received an immediate promotion and He has made you to be a king and a priest. Hallelujah. Isn't that wonderful news? You are a king and a priest. You didn't even go and study for something. You didn't have to work at it. God just promoted you into his kingdom and he made you to be a king and a priest. You know, I used to be an alcoholic. I used to, uh, uh, you know, smoke and fight and I was so lost in the world. Um, I never knew that I would be somebody important. You know, I didn't think that anybody would care about what I would do, what I would accomplish in my life. But God knew and God had a plan and God had a purpose for my life. And I want to tell you and I want to encourage you today. God has a purpose and a plan for your life. You are special. You are loved and God has a destiny for your life. So he says that when you are washed in his blood, you become a king and a priest. Now, remember, this is a spiritual kingdom. We're not speaking about a physical kingdom where we would have big cars and big houses. Uh, we're talking about being a in a place of authority, in a place of kingship, where you can where you can minister out of a place of of higher authority than what you would have had before you were even saved. So I want to encourage you with the scripture that that he said that he um, grace to you. I want to read this again, John to the seven churches which are in Asia. He says, "Grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and is to come, and from the seven spirits who are before his throne." Now this is very interesting. Why did he speak about seven spirits? I'll come back to you to tell you this. But now he says that we are, he has made us kings and priests, verse 6, to God, to his God and to Father, to him be the glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. So uh, if, if you and I are kings and priests, I want to be effective in my kingship. I want to be effective in my leadership. That's what I want to be. In the Old Testament, we would see, and if you if you read your Bible, you would see that there are many kings and there were many priests who did not really follow after God. 
there were priests and kings that that were disobedient to God and they didn't obey God. I don't want to be like that. And I'm sure you don't want to be like that. We want to be effective in our leadership. We want to know. I want to know that when I'm ministering to people, if I'm out there talking to people, whether it will be on a platform in a church or whether it would be on the streets or in a coffee shop ministering to somebody, I want to know that what I'm doing is going to be effective. So to be effective in the work that I'm doing, in my witnesses, remember Jesus called us to be witnesses for him. So if I'm going to be a witness for Jesus, I want to make sure that the work I'm doing is going to uh, have results. I want to see results in my work. Then wherever Jesus went, Whatever Jesus did, he produced results. It's undeniable. Every day, the moment he opened up his eyes, the devil was panicky. You know, the devil said, oh, uh, you know, he's, he's, he's woken up and, and, and he's going to cast us out and he's going to heal people and he's going to have crowds following him. To me, that is effective leadership. That is getting results. And you and I need to step into this position to have the same results as what Jesus had. And it's possible. I've had so many people come to me and say, but it's impossible. We can't do what Jesus did. We don't have that ability to be like Jesus. And I want to tell you, you're wrong. We can. We can do the works of Jesus. We can uh, uh, operate like Jesus operated. Why? Because he has given us his blessed Holy Spirit. And with the Holy Spirit, it is quite possible to do wonderful things just like Jesus did. In the book of John, the Bible says that as he is, so are we in this world today. And I want to encourage you, friend, never look down at yourself and say that I cannot be like Jesus or I cannot do the works of Jesus. You can do the works of Jesus. You can operate like he did. I'm not saying you are Jesus. I'm saying you are like Jesus. The word Christian means to be like like Christ and we can work like Jesus. The point I want to make is uh, Jesus was very effective in his ministry on the earth. And that means I want to be effective. If the Bible says we are kings and priests, I want to be effective king. I want to be an effective priest on this earth today. But we cannot do it on our own. Would you agree? It's impossible. We need help from above. And even Jesus himself needed help from above. And I'll prove to you what I'm saying. I want to read to you Matthew chapter 3. And in Matthew chapter 3 verse 13, it says this. Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. And John tried to prevent him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and you are coming to me. But Jesus answered and said to him, Permitted to be so now, listen carefully, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Wow, what a scripture. Why would we, why would Jesus say something like this? That it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. In other words, we have to fulfill what was written in the word. I'll come back to that. But look at verse 16. The Bible says, when he had been baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water and behold, the heavens were open to him and he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting upon him. 
upon him and suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. My goodness, I can talk a lot about here. Number one, Jesus was water baptized. He was fully immersed. This is what the word baptism mean, uh, means, you know, from the Greek word, it's baptismo. It means to be fully dunked or to be fully immersed, to be put fully under the water. And this is what happened to Jesus. He was fully immersed. Secondly, when he came up out of the water, the Holy Spirit descended like a dove. Wasn't a real dove, but it looked like a, a, a shape of a dove coming upon him, not in him. He came upon him. Now, remember, when the Holy Spirit comes in us, that is salvation. But when he comes upon us, that is empowerment. That is when he equips us to do the job, to get the work done. He enables us to be effective in our ministry. So Jesus knew who he was. Jesus understood that he was the son of God. I believe when you go and study Luke chapter 1 and Luke chapter 2, You'll see that when Jesus was 12 years old and he went to the temple with his mother and father that, you know, after the feast was over, he stayed behind for three days, you know, and uh, mom and dad went away and they, they discovered, well, Jesus wasn't with them, you know, presuming that he was with the family and they went back to Jerusalem. You know, it's amazing how how mom and dad could 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 uh, misplace Jesus or, you know, not knowing that that he was with them. You know, it's interesting. I think there's a lot of people who 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 think that they have Jesus on the you know with them but they don't really have Jesus with them that's something else to talk about but they went back to Jerusalem and when they got to the synagogue they found Jesus there in the synagogue at the feet of the of the priest you know and um, they and they walked in and they said Jesus where have you been you know we've been searching for you looking for you and then Jesus says this profound word he says to them do you not know that I am about my father's business. Think about that, a 12-year-old boy who gives this profound answer by saying, I am about my father's business. In other words, Jesus already knew that he was the son of God. Think about that. He understood who he was. He understood the role that he had to play. But I could imagine as a Jewish boy growing up in the Jewish customs, um, you know, understanding the one of the biggest sins you could get would be to say that you are God or that you are the son of God, you know, that you are equivalent to God. That's blasphemy. You cannot say that. And so Jesus understood this and he knew that if I if I had to tell people I'm the son of God, you know, and that I've come from heaven, he knew they would they would want to stone him. They would want to kill him. Uh, he knew that they would not listen to him. He wouldn't he wouldn't have that favor that that he would desire to would have had with the people so I could just imagine Jesus was praying many times you know and, and he was saying he was saying father how am I going to convince these Jews of who I am it's impossible they're going to kill me and then one day I could just imagine this he was reading the scriptures and when he read the scriptures God spoke to him and God gave him clarity on how God would help him let me show you what I'm what I'm uh, uh, what I'm teaching in the Bible. Go with me to Isaiah chapter eleven. Isaiah chapter eleven, verse one and two. Very powerful stuff. 
So I could just imagine, you know, Jesus now asking the Father, saying, Lord, help me. How am I going to convince these Jews of who I am? And he opens up the Bible and he reads. It says this, verse 1, Isaiah chapter 11, verse 1. There shall come forth a rod from the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. Now imagine that immediately here is the prophet Isaiah who prophesying about the coming Messiah, prophesying about Jesus. So Jesus reads and sees himself in this verse. He says, hang on, that's me. The prophet is speaking about me. So what is he saying? Verse two, he says, the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. Wow, that's interesting. The spirit of the Lord is going to rest upon him. The spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. And then the Bible says, and his delight is in the fear of the Lord, and he shall not judge by the sight of his eyes, nor uh, decide by the hearing of his ears. But with righteousness, he shall judge the poor and decide with equity for the meek of the earth. The point being is that Jesus discovered that he was the the son of God and he was thinking, how am I going to convince the people of who I am? And then God comes, his father comes and says to him, son, don't worry. The answer is in the book of Isaiah. I am going to send the Holy Spirit and he's going to rest upon you. He's going to empower you and he's going to cause these seven very important uh, functions to operate through you. Now, I want to encourage you today that as you are with, as you are watching this broadcast, that you and I are kings and priests. Remember what I read in Revelation? We are kings and priests. And so for us to be effective like Jesus, we too need the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And you and I also need these wonderful seven attributes or these these seven functions of the Holy Spirit to enable us to be effective in the work that we are doing. So I'd like to focus a little bit more on this, on these seven spirits. All righty. Number one, the Bible says that the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. Now, those of you who have studied a little bit and know the scripture, that word spirit, there is the word ruach which means the breath of God. The same spirit that that God breathed into Adam, the Holy Spirit, he breathed Ruach into Adam, which brought life. It is the same spirit that came upon Jesus. And the Bible says the same spirit that is upon the Lord is the same spirit that comes upon us. And so when we look at Jesus saying, you will receive power, Acts chapter one, verse eight, and this is what many people have been celebrating on the day of Pentecost, when Jesus said, you will receive power, power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, that spirit coming upon you is a Ruach. It's the same Holy Spirit, please God. So the Bible says in Hebrews 13 verse 8, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today and forever. So whatever has happened in the past with Jesus, the same will is still happening today and the same will continue to happen in the years to come. Isn't that good news? So when Jesus came up out of the water and the Holy Spirit rested upon him, remember when we talk about Jesus, we are talking about uh, uh, there's many names for God. We know that. But if I may highlight just two names, number one, Jesus of Nazareth. And when we talk of Jesus Christ or Jesus the Christ. So Jesus of Nazareth is the man born in the flesh like you and I. 
regular man. He's God who came in the form of man. Okay, so Jesus the man comes to John the Baptist to be water baptized by him. Okay, so the man steps into the water and as he is baptized by John, the moment he comes up out of the water, the Holy Spirit rests upon Jesus, right? And now he steps out of the water, watch this now, not as Jesus of Nazareth, the man, but he steps out of the water as Jesus, the Christ, the, the, the anointed one, because the moment the Holy Spirit came upon him, he was anointed to fulfill his destiny, to fulfill his task, to do that which God had commissioned him to do. But he needed the power of the Holy Spirit to enable him to be effective in what he was about to do. Are you getting what I'm saying? So the Holy Spirit came upon him and empowered him. But I want to show you this now. When the Holy Spirit comes, there are seven functions of the Holy Spirit. There are seven attributes, or if I may put it like this, there are seven helps of the Holy Spirit to cause us to be effective in our witnessing. Alrighty? So Ruach, the Holy Spirit, the breath of God, came upon Jesus and he was empowered. But what is the first function? Well, he is called the Holy Spirit. He's not an unclean spirit. He's not a demon spirit. He's the Holy Spirit. John 16, 7 says that when the Holy Spirit come, well, let me say this. Jesus said, it's to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But when he has come, he will do three things. He will convict the world of sin, of righteousness and of judgment. All right. So the number one function of the Holy Spirit is to produce holiness inside of us. How does he do that? By convicting us of our sins. The Holy Spirit is the referee in your life, in my life. And the moment we we venture off the, the narrow path, the straight path, the holy path, the, the moment we, we go the wrong direction, the Holy Spirit is always there to bring us back in line with God to keep us uh, in, on the right path. Okay, now this is, this is, there's so much information to teach you this, but the Holy Spirit guides us. He helps us. He leads us. And, um, you know, uh, I know that I have a lot of people watching and uh, one of the main, the, the main sport of the world, uh, if I could say this, is soccer. Soccer is one of the biggest sports known around the whole world. And any sport, for that matter, has a referee. There are rules to a game and you have to have a referee. And so when the two teams are playing, the moment one of the teams uh, does something wrong, whether it's a foul or they're offsides, you know, the referee will blow the whistle, stop the game completely and say, all right, come back. You broke the rules. You need to come back and start the game over so that the game can be played fairly. Right. That's what the referee does. So the Holy Spirit in our lives is does the same thing. The moment you and I venture off or do something that is breaking the rules, breaking God's plans and purposes for our lives. Guess what? He he'll blow the, the whistle and he'll say, stop, come back. 
Come back to the place where you where you did wrong. You 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 shouldn't have looked at that woman. You were lusting with your eyes. Stop that. Don't lust with your eyes. Or or you shouldn't have taken that drug. Or you shouldn't have drank that alcohol. Or you shouldn't have you know whatever the case may be. The Holy Spirit is always there to stop us to convict us and that conviction is not a negative thing it's a good thing to guide us to help us into the path of righteousness of holiness i hope you receive that but unfortunately today so many people have hardened their hearts that they've refused to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. They don't feel that convicting power. How does God convict us? It's when that gentle voice inside of you says, oh, what you're doing is wrong. You shouldn't have done that. You know, you shouldn't have looked at that. Or if there's porn on TV or there's something, you know, and you're watching it and you feel this, don't look at that, don't look at that. But you keep looking. That is when you harden your heart and you shut off the voice of the Holy Spirit. And when you get to that place, friend, it's very, very dangerous because the more you listen to yourself and not listening to the leading of the Holy Spirit, that's when we begin to miss God. Amen. So number one, the first function of the Holy Spirit is to produce holiness inside of us. What was Jesus? The Bible says he was without sin. The Bible says he lived that perfect life. Now, nobody in the on the earth today is perfect like Jesus. We strive to, we are learning, but we cannot be as perfect as he was because he was God in the flesh. But he taught us if Jesus could do it, you you and I have the ability to follow after Jesus, but we have the help of the Holy Spirit to guide us. Okay, so number one, the Holy Spirit produces holiness inside of us. Number two, he is the spirit of wisdom. Any good leader, any good king, any good priest, we need to supernatural wisdom. Not only do we have to be holy before a holy God, but also now we need supernatural wisdom to be able to rule as a king, to be able to reign as a king. Wouldn't you agree? And a lot of us are lacking this wisdom. Now, God, through the Holy Spirit, is able to give you supernatural wisdom. I'm telling you, he can lead you and guide you by his spirit and he can show you wonderful things. If we look at the life of Jesus, he was led by wisdom and that was a powerful time. So, he gives us understanding. The Holy Spirit is understanding. We all need supernatural understanding. Number three, he is counsel. We need that supernatural counsel of God. The Holy Spirit is able to counsel us. He's able to grant us the knowledge to counsel other people. He is the spirit of might, number five. Uh, the Bible says that, that, that when you when the Holy Spirit will come upon us, he says that we will receive power. That word power there is the word dunamis. It's an explosive power that he gives us to be able to, to do supernatural works. But not only that, he's the spirit of knowledge. He knows all things and he will give us the ability to operate supernaturally. And then he is number seven, the fear of the Lord. 
Oh my goodness, I wish we had more time to teach on the fear of the Lord. But the Holy Spirit takes us and he will cause us to honor God. Remember, fearing is not to be scared of God, to be afraid of God, but it helps us to honor God, to love him, to draw closer to him. Do you understand? Fearing is to respect God, to respect his word, to honor his word and to obey what he told us to do. Friends, these are the seven functions of the Holy Spirit that you and I need in our lives to be effective leaders, to be effective kings and priests for his kingdom. My time is, has run out, but next week I will continue on this very important subject because I want to show you even how Jesus had to endure the wilderness so that he could come out in the full power of God. If you do not know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, and if you're not sure about your salvation and whether you're going to go to heaven or go to hell when you die, you can pray a prayer with me right now and you can receive Jesus into your heart. If you, if you say, Dion, I don't know if I die where I'm going, I'm not sure about my salvation. Why don't you pray this prayer with me and you can receive Jesus into your heart and you can know that you know you're a child of God. Would you do that? Pray with me and say, Heavenly Father, I come before you today in the name of Jesus. I confess with my mouth I'm a sinner. But I believe that you are the Son of God. I believe that God raised you from the dead. And I believe that your blood has washed all my sins away. Jesus, I invite you to come into my heart. I acknowledge you as my King and as my Savior. Right now, I am born again. My name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Thank you, Father, for saving me in Jesus' name. Amen. If you pray that prayer with us, why don't you let us know so that we can uh, celebrate and rejoice with you and give God all the praise. Listen, get plugged into a good church. Find a good church where you can go, where people can help you to grow, where you can get in the word and where you can, where you can draw closer to God. Amen. Remember to always pray. Speak to the Father in the name of Jesus. And lastly, if you have a Bible, read your Bible. It is so important. It's called God's word. God speaks to us from his word. We love you so much. And remember, you can follow us. Uh, I'm Dion Hoggy from Healing Ministries International. You can follow us on Facebook. You can follow us on YouTube. You can follow us on Instagram. And also we have a website, which is www.dionhockey.org. We love you so much. And we want to ask the Lord that he will continue to bless you. I want you to stretch your hands out and I want to pray with you. Father, I bless the audience. I pray for those that are sick in their bodies. I pray for those that are afraid. I pray for those who need deliverance. I pray for those who need a fresh baptism of your Holy Spirit. And I pray for the seven attributes of the Holy Spirit to function in all of the listeners right now. In the name of Jesus, I rebuke sickness, I rebuke fear, I rebuke doubt, I rebuke unbelief. And Father, I release your divine healing, your provision and your anointing in Jesus name. Bless your people, Father. Touch them supernaturally in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Amen. We love you. We'll catch you next week again. God bless you. You can make a difference by partnering with us, a ministry with a heart for the lost. 
by visiting our website www.dionhockey.org. You will also receive exclusive content from the ministry as a thank you from Pastor Dion Hockey. Remember to subscribe and follow our social media pages for updates, sermons and more information on the ministry. Thank you for listening and see you next time.